Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. And today, listeners, I've got the wonderful Suzanne Noble. She's the co-founder and producer of Sex Advice for Seniors. So I was really excited to get Suzanne on the show because I really love the topic and the subject. And I think it's going to be such an amazing conversation. So welcome to the podcast, Suzanne. Thank you, Lynn. Thanks for inviting me. You're so welcome. So, Suzanne, just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what's led you to be doing what you're doing around this topic. Well, I've had an interest in sex for a while. <laughs> That's an understatement. And when I I had um, like many people, I was married. I was married for 12 years, the last four of which I was celibate. And I came out of that relationship. And I met someone at the time who was a very sexual person and he led me down a the path of sin. <laughs> <laughs> he was into all sorts of things, all sorts of things. And I hadn't really experienced anything other than pretty much vanilla sex up until that point. Although I'd had some experiences like so many people in my 20s messed around a bit with women and had lots of guys and just, you know, typical kind of young woman of that time. And yeah, he led me, he led me into this world of all sorts of alternative uh, ness. And so I spent most of my forties really on a very, in a very heightened sexual state, I would <laughs> say. And I, I really, I, I really, at that point, I manifested, I made it my mission in my forties to manifest every fantasy I'd ever had. And I did, um, I did everything that you could possibly think of. And a lot of things that you probably have never thought about. And I did them all. And I really enjoyed myself. And I would always advise women that if you suddenly find yourself single in your forties, don't jump into a long-term relationship because you are super hot property and people will find you incredibly desirable because generally at that age, you're just reaching the end of your the time that you can procreate. And I didn't know about you, but certainly my body was definitely telling me, this is it. You don't, you know, you've only got a few more years left and then you're not going to be able to make babies anymore. And something around that just kind of, yeah, went went a bit mental. Um, anyway, I got to 50 and I the menopause hit. And honestly, that was like a train crash. And I didn't know what was going on, you know, hot flushes, feeling, putting on weight, feeling very just unattractive, undesirable, un-everything really. At the time I turned 50, I was going out with a 33-year-old guy who was super hot and I, and he was great. We were having a great time. And then as soon as the menopause really took hold of my body, I just thought it wasn't fair to him to have to put up with me in that state. So 
we we broke up after a few years and really my 50s were kind of a bit of I had a few relationships and but I put all that kind of sexy mostly the sexy stuff behind me went quite vanilla again and I really yeah I just kind of grieved a bit about all of the lost you know I thought well I guess this is what happens in your 50s you just you just kind of get on with it and find some other things that you enjoy doing and yeah didn't really thought well my I had my good sexy years so that's that and then I turned 60 and then I was kind of almost at the end of the menopause. And then I met Peter, my co-founder in Sex Advice for Seniors, who'd come out of a very long relationship. And he'd approached me a couple of years earlier on Facebook, of all places, where he thought I looked smiley and fun. And I was going out with someone at the time. And then Valentine's Day came around this year and I wasn't. So I posted on Facebook, oh, happy Valentine's Day. I'm single now. And he said, oh, you're single. You know, do you want to go out? Um, And he was somebody and we just started going out and then we hit it off. And then I found that I was with somebody who really had wanted to experiment sexually in the way that I kind of already had. And, but I was kind of thinking, well, what would happen if I re-engaged with this at 60? <laughs> like, yeah. 20 years have gone by now. And what's, what's this going to be like? So I sort of have been dipping into it with him again, looking at doing a few alternative things and just having fun and having good sex again, which is nice. And I've really been enjoying that. And it's different. Don't get me wrong. It's not like my 40s. Um, I would call that the super juicy time of my life. But it's it's fun. And so he said, why don't we do something about sex? And he comes from a journalism background. I'm, I come from a PR comms writing background as well. And we just thought, yeah, why not? And I suggested a podcast because I thought it would be discreet. And I like, I've done a bit of radio in the past. And he's done a bit of telly stuff. And He's got a nice voice and I've got an interesting voice and Mm. he's, and so we've done that. And then we just, you couldn't really make it up because one of the things about doing anything in life is about timing. And the week that we launched our podcast was the week that Emma Thompson movie came out. Good luck to you, Leo Grande, which was about a 61 year old woman who's had a sexless life or sexually unsatisfying life and hires a younger sex worker to teach her about pleasure. And so suddenly the media were looking for spokespeople. And because I was being very visible with our podcast, they kept asking me and Peter to do interviews. And so suddenly we found we were in The Sun, we were in The Independent, we were in The Telegraph the other week, we were in Woman's Own. I mean, we've only been going a few months. And then then my son, who works in digital marketing, said, why don't you start a TikTok channel, mum? Because with your purple hair and your weird voice, I think people would really like it. And so Peter and I started that. And We've now got like 21 and a half thousand followers and over 2 million views. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. That's fun. I know. It's nuts. It's really quite nuts. Um, and it just goes to show that sometimes without even thinking about it, 
you hit a nerve, right? And I think we have. Such a, such an interesting story. And um, so I, you know, in terms of obviously rediscovering, you know, that you can still have plenty of passion, sex and um, a great partnership and, and lifestyle and uh, enjoy yourselves, you know, just as much, if not more, in your senior years when it comes to engaging in uh, all sorts of sexual activity. Um, how do you think that's different to your 40s? In multiple ways. Even though I really enjoy sex, I'm not, I'm not driven by it in the same way I was in my 40s. I would say that in my 40s, people always say like, it's like a monkey on your back. It was just kind of, it just felt like it was a constant presence, my need to just have sex, just, yeah, just sexual encounters of whatever sort. Got myself into some kind of semi-dangerous situations, which, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm fine, you know, I'm fine. But I don't have that same drive as I did back then. So when I'm, you know, when I'm in sexual situations, I feel sexual. But generally, most of the time, I'm not walking around thinking, when am I next going to have sex? Like I was in my 40s. And I'm not so focused as I was in my 40s on whether or not I have an orgasm. Because in my 40s, it was pretty easy to have an orgasm, if I'm honest. And in my 60s, little bit more challenging and so I've stopped like thinking oh I'm how am I going to get there am I going to get there I just think oh this is all feeling very nice and I might get there and then again I might not <laughs> so you just have to enjoy yourself regardless yeah just have to enjoy the journey as I say just enjoy the journey and so would you say um I mean I don't know what sort of situation you're in now in terms of you know, the, the 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 love life you've got with your current partner. But I mean, would you say previously that, um, you know, in your 40s, uh, and I think a lot of women do want to come out of long, long relationships, uh, go through sort of a bit of a promiscuous period? Definitely. And I certainly was one of those people. I had a few other things. Um, someone, the the guy that led me down the garden path, he he died. And so I'd come out of this long-term relationship, then met this, you know, guy, then he died. And honestly, at that point, I was just ready to just have fun. I just was not ready to be in any sort of long-term committed relationship. I just was really over it. So I made a very determined effort to really detach myself emotionally from most of the relationships that I was in. And I got pretty good at that. And I think as well, being in your forties, when you're, when the estrogen is starting to, you know, uh, disappear a bit it's much easier to disentangle yourself from some of the intense emotions that you may feel when you're younger so again it was easier for me to have those casual relationships without the sense of attachment that I felt with every single guy that I'd slept with in my 20s (laughs) which was you know every time I'd have sex in my 20s I'd convince myself I was in love with this person and Mm. and this was going to happen and now I'm much more cautious if you like about people. I mean, Peter and I have a pretty open relationship. We're very honest with each other. I'm not really a great fan of monogamy. I've kind of gone off it um, over the years. I don't, I I see that 
sometimes when people spend too long together, one of the first thing that goes in their relationship is a sexual component, especially if they become very domestic and, you know, it all becomes about who empties the dishwasher and <laughs> did you do the washing and uh, well, are you going to fold the sheets and, oh, what are we having for dinner tonight? I, I, I just, uh, none of that. I don't get turned on by any of that. So I prefer to keep things quite separate, separate living arrangements. And I'm financially able to do that, you know, and I recognize that's a privilege that I have, but yeah, I don't, I don't really want to live with anybody um, for this foreseeable future. So yeah, I think now my, I, I feel, I feel much clearer in my head about, where sex fits into my overall life, you know, which is, it's a part of it. It's not like the whole thing. Yeah. And um, I suppose for me, I mean, for me, uh, I have, and this is just my own personal opinion. I, I do prefer to be in a monogamous relationship. I've never wanted or had the desire to, to not be, you know, for me, that is just who I am, but <laughs> <laughs> so I really find this quite interesting and fascinating. But uh, the question I suppose I'd like to ask is then, is it, is there a part of you that's afraid of getting hurt? Um, and that's why you, I suppose, don't want to be in a monogamous relationship um, because then you're not going to become so emotionally attached. Um, or, or is it just purely because, you know, you don't see the need and, 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 the, and the want and the desire anymore? Um, I think there's a number of things. I mean, yeah, we're all scared of getting hurt. So probably I'm not different from anyone else like that. But I also think that one of the challenges when you enter the world of kink is that, is that you become, you're, you, you just become a bit of a kinky person. <laughs> and, and so, so Part of being a kinky person might be that you have a relationship with your partner, but you bring other people into the relationship to kind of spice things up a bit. But, and that's one way. And and that's kind of, you know, there's still an element of monogamy of kind of about that in that, you know, you're still uh, like what I'm not, what I'm very clear about is I'm not polyamorous that I'm very clear about. Like, I'm very much about having somebody that I've got an emotional relationship with, like Peter, who I would say is my primary partner. And I would say that my other things, I can, I can do the casual sex thing without feeling any, anything really other than, oh, that felt quite nice. Um, and there's always an excitement when you meet somebody new sexually, let's face it. I don't think anybody on this earth would say that there's not excitement when you just have some frizz on with somebody and you have something that goes on. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Yeah. It's, it's just exciting, right? And, and it's hard to maintain that level of excitement with a long-term partner. Now, what you get with a long-term partner, of course, is the other great stuff. It's like you get to know each other's bodies. You get to know what 
makes each other happy. You get to, you know, if you're open with your partner, which I wasn't particularly when I was younger, but I certainly am now, I have conversations about like, what do you fantasize about? Like, what are you thinking about? What would you really like to do? And then so you can have those kind of really nice conversations. And listen, in some monogamous relationships, those conversations are as far as it goes. You might just fantasize together about stuff that you kind of would like to do, but never step over the precipice to doing it. And you could still get super turned on by that. Just yeah. the thought of something exciting, right? Yeah. So so being kinky, you can be kinky within a monogamous relationship, 100%. But I do think it requires, a if you're a sexual person, it requires a huge amount of of imagination on both sides to keep the that spiciness alive or you can very quickly become a person who just settles into a routine where sex is just another part of your relationship it's something you do it's very nice it feels very good but it's just a bit predictable and when i it gets a bit predictable for me yeah i, I, I also you know, the other thing which Peter and I spoke about in our in one of our podcasts, which is coming up, is the fact that most of the women I know of 50 plus, if they have kids, if they haven't had kids, whatever, this is the time of life where often they're really seizing opportunities. So they're being creative, they're doing podcasts, they're writing, they're going off traveling, they're doing all this amazing stuff. They're going, this is my time. I can now do this stuff. And most of the men I know that are older are trying to figure out what life looks like when they may not have their long-term partner around anymore and they're used to having all their social activities and everything planned out for them. They're trying to figure out, oh God, I've got no friends. <laughs> How do I find friends at my age? Or, and they get into, and this is what we discussed. I know a lot of men of my age, they're just in a rut. And they're frankly not all that interesting. So and my female friends, I could hang out with them all day long. I just absolutely love them to bits. Like I just, they make me smile. They make me laugh. They make me smile. I want to do stuff with them. But a lot of the guys I meet, I'm like, what are you bringing to the table exactly? Because you might be bringing sex and I love that. And that's great. But what else are you bringing? Because my friends are bringing loads of stuff. They're bringing all, they're making me feel great. And you're just telling me, oh, everything's a bit crap when you're not around. (laughs) Like, well, how's that interesting? I'm not your social secretary. So I think as an older woman, I feel very much like, I, you know, if I'm going to commit to a guy like in a very serious way, he's just got to step up for me. And that's, that doesn't mean he's got to be rich and handsome and this and that. He's not Prince Charming, but he has to be curious and fun. And he's got to he's got to be fairly self-sufficient. You know, he's got to be able to look after himself because I'm not his mother. <laughs> no, no, I agree with all of that 100 um, percent. And, um, you know, uh, I, I'm lucky that I have had long term relationships where I have had that, um, you know, I suppose. I was married for 23 years and I did have that safety, that protection and that, um, 
that love within that relationship than I'd have done the long-term relationship where I had lots of passion, lots of intimacy, um, very, very openly communicative, but, you know, the fantasies were kept between the two of us. They, that we didn't sort of entertain anybody outside of our relationship and that, you know, the the sex was very good and um, it always was, as I say, filled with a lot of passion and intimacy, but um, that was based on the fact that we were totally trusted each other and, and, had that communication which I think is lacking in a lot of relationships isn't it oh completely and and we get a lot of feedback from our TikTok channel from people who clearly are struggling within their relationships or who are trying to navigate this challenging period in many women's lives where they've been in a long-term relationship and the woman has now gone into menopause and maybe is finding that really difficult and doesn't have the same sexual desire a bit like I did and trying to work out, okay, what does the next stage of our relationship look like? And men really find that quite difficult because they, I think they do go through their own menopause, but in menopause, (laughs) menopause, right? in a slightly different way. And so having, and I certainly saw that in my last relationship is that when my partner felt that his testosterone or something wasn't working quite as well as it had previously and had been, you know, his heart on was quite reliable and suddenly it wasn't, he really did struggle with that. You know, he wondered, okay, does that make me any less masculine? Um, You know, he didn't feel as virile. So I think that long-term relationships can get quite difficult through this period of time. Um, And sometimes starting a new relationship actually is just a lot easier because you didn't have all that stuff before. So you didn't, you can just go into it in as the new person that you now are going well, what I did in my 40s was what I did in my 40s. And now I'm in my 60s. And here I am. And this is what I'm about. Are you into that? Yeah, that's cool. I like that. And then you can start afresh. So I can see how it can be. And I've, you know, really difficult to go through those very, very long relationships that many people are now having because of our aging and being living longer. Yeah. I mean, I, I was lucky, you know, I'm I'm 62 and I went through my menopause in my early 50s and I, I found, if anything, that my sex drive actually increased and uh, I didn't have any problems going through the menopause whatsoever other than enjoying the fact that I didn't have to have, a, <laughs> have to go through monthly periods anymore. <laughs> well, you're really lucky because I, <laughs> yeah, I, that was not my experience. And my mother also had some or uh, some breast cancer so going on hrt wasn't really an option for me so so i just had to just get through it as i got through it and it wasn't that great but you know what it's over now pretty much over so yeah but i'm I'm aware that it it, it's very different for everybody and for some reason for some people it is their their libido is goes increases and for other people it just kind of disappears and and again, for some women, their libido disappearing is no big deal because maybe they weren't feeling like they ever really enjoyed sex if they've never really been with a partner that was valued sex their own sexual pleasure. Then perhaps sex was just a responsibility. And I've spoken to lots of women like that who are just, I'm so glad to be over it. 
I'm just really happy. My libido's dead. I never really liked sex anyway. Now I don't have to have kids. Now I don't have to think about it. Let's think about something else. Move on, you know? And that's yeah. okay. That's yeah, okay. It is what it is for some people. Uh, yeah. I think for me, I was quite lucky in that I, I'd start, I'd ended my, my marriage with my ex-husband and um, I was starting in a new relationship. So I think it just coincided, you know, that I was going through the menopause at the same time as starting this exciting new you know, relationship, which obviously, I suppose, helped then um, for me discover a side to myself that I hadn't really explored before. So that was all good for me. Yeah. And that sounds and, and similar, you know, in a similar way to me, when you meet, uh, when you have a new partner with whom you can have that open, honest, trusting relationship and wants to help broaden your sexual men you know buffet whatever you want to call it at, at a time where things are changing for you sometimes it can it can escalate all of that right so, yeah absolutely yeah just and I think that's amazing and awesome but I and, and I do think new relationships give you the opportunity to not have to repeat the mistakes that we made in earlier ones and that I know that's certainly true for the two of us is that I know that being really honest about how I am, what I like, what turns me on, and him feeling liberated from having to disguise the fact that he's swiping right or left or whatever. <laughs> it's like, swipe away, mate. Do whatever you want. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm pleased that you've got that, that sort of open relationship, which works for you. So what, what do you think has been one of your most popular episodes around um, sex advice for seniors? Oh my God. Well, two things on TikTok, definitely. What does the female orgasm feel like? Oh my God, that's gone mental. Um, Cause for me, I'm very clear about the fact that a clitoral orgasm is the one that's most closely aligned with a man's orgasm and that all the other ones, all the other pleasant sensations and things, I don't really classify them as orgasms. I classify them as lovely feelings in different places. <laughs> and, and other people, some people were, yep, totally agree with that. And some people were like, no, you know, vaginal orgasms exist, G-spot orgasms exist, blah, 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 blah. So that's been a really popular, very popular episode where, where lots of women have been weighing in on, on their own types of pleasure that they experience and been really great to hear that actually. And also, you know, women that have not experienced anything, not so great to hear. And men saying, oh, well, it's a man's responsibility to do this anyway. <laughs> and women shouldn't have to do this on their own, you know. So, yeah, so that's been quite fun. Um, and, yeah, uh, Peter did one about the P-spot, about the prostate. That was quite popular. Um, and then people have just been enjoying the podcast just because they've never really heard two people in their 60s talking so openly about sex. And they just said it's a bit like being at a dinner party with your mates where you're just talking about this stuff, but you're not at a dinner party. You've just got your headphones on. So, yeah, I think it's great. I want I, I think it's wonderful what you do. And I was so intrigued, uh, you know, by the uh, 
by the subject of what you're covering on your podcast. And um, obviously, we, we're both in a similar age range. And I thought I've got to get one of you or even both of you on to the uh, Hearts Entwined to talk about what you do, because I absolutely love it, really appreciate. And I think you're offering a very valuable service to seniors. Yeah, I, I mean, we've both been surprised today. Uh, this week, we released one which I thought was quite contentious, which was a woman I know who works in is a nurse in care homes on the weekends. And she's um, fronting this thing she calls Jackie's Revolution. And it's really about enabling people to be able to live independently for as long as possible and to avoid having to go into social care and that kind of institutionalized environment. And one of the things we talked about was intimacy in care home settings and how challenging it can be if you've got cognitive decline and you're in a care home to navigate what's appropriate or inappropriate um, as far as intimacy goes and how many people who end up in those places have no cognitive problems whatsoever. They just might have some mobility issues, but they still have sexual desires and they're basically neutered within within care um, and how staff within those places aren't really trained to deal with any of this. And and Peter posted it up on Facebook and two people said um, they work with commissioners who deal with um, care homes. How can we address these issues? And I just thought, bloody how like people, you know, if we can actually create change, social change in that way, mm -hmm. where we get people to recognize some of the problems that exist around intimacy in later life and how people just aren't talking, dealing with it, addressing it, learning about it and all of that without feeling ashamed, how amazing would that be? Yeah, it would be really amazing. And I think shame is is a big one, isn't it? When you whether it's um, you know, uh, wanting to explore fantasies or wanting to be open about what you've previously um, uh, done sexually, um, I think shame stops a lot of people from doing a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, and also you know what we recognise as well is that it starts even from people being being. Um, unfamiliar with you know what happens with your body and then going I'm not gonna I had a conversation with my friend the other day about lubricant who said does it mean I can't be spontaneous now because I don't get as juicy and I'm like honestly like lube is there to to help us all right you can use lubricant there's no shame attached to lubricant right there's no shame attached to men taking viagra if they need a bit of help like we have to stop thinking that any of this stuff that's there to help us at this time of our life where we might need a little bit of extra help means we're inadequate we're not inadequate we just need a bit of extra help it doesn't like but if, if you've broken your leg and somebody says you need a crutch, do you say, no, no, I'm going to walk around with a broken leg. Screw you. I'm not going to use that. Well, you know, sometimes you just need a bit of help. Absolutely. Right? 100% agree with that. So before we um, finish recording, Suzanne, what's the, your best contact information for any listeners that would like to get in touch with you? So we have a contact form on our podcast, which is sexadviceforseniors.com that you can go or on TikTok, which is the same, Sex Advice for Seniors. You can message us. 
Excellent. And you can subscribe and you can follow us and you can do all those lovely things that would show us lots of love and we would appreciate it. Thank you so much. So before we wrap up the episode, any final words of, of uh, wisdom around sex advice for seniors that you'd like to leave the audience with? Sex doesn't stop at 60. You can have sex for the rest of your life. So carry on exploring, exploring all the pleasure that sex can bring you because it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing. I can vouch for that. My um, One of my grandmas, well, on my father's side, she got remarried at the age of 77 and I know that she had an active sex life. <laughs> you know, well, well past that age. So I can definitely say that, you yeah. know, it doesn't, it doesn't need to end at any time unless you want it to, of course, but... Um, you know, that, that's obviously up to the individual. Absolutely. And it's been so lovely to talk to you, Lynn. Thank you very much. And uh, I'm just going to leave the listeners with True Love Starts with Opening Our Hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined or search Lynn Smith inspirational speaker at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.